0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is
1: believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy the TDN Podcast. Podcast, with your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner and Jake Arians. Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast,
0: Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and we are here start three agency conversations this is by far in a way my favorite part of football season and I mean that football season because we talk about realistic expectations for a team what they should do and Jake and I started this two years ago back when the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes was going on and there were a bunch of teens in the NFL that thought they had a shot Right Now they're probably happy, hindsight 2020, but at the time, they all thought that they had a shot, all these NFL fans. And in reality, Jake and I sat down and we went, well, there's really about three teams that can pay this guy and nobody else is in the sweepstakes, right? And everybody else is projecting him to hundred different teams. We want to give you, the NFL fan, a realistic understanding of what is the most complex aspect of the NFL, the cap. OK, understanding what your team can actually spend, what room makes sense and putting dollar amounts next to some of these guys that, listen, you probably want to keep a, pretty much everybody, but that's not how this works. OK, this isn't Major League Baseball. You can't write a check, a blank check and go, OK, let's just make it work. Uh, so the, we are starting off. We're going to do this between now and the beginning of free agency, we're going to go division by division. We're starting off with the NFC East. We're, we're, we will go team by team in order of how they ended the season. So the team that ended at the top of the division, Philadelphia Eagles, we're going to start with them. Their cap space as of right now, $40.9 million, 58 guys under contract. But, Jamie, let's roll through some of these free agents. Let's have this be the discussion point here because there are quite a few of them.
2: Yeah, they have a few guys. Obviously, Jason Peters, even though he's getting up there in age, played really, really well last season. He's a free agent. Uh, All these guys are unrestricted, by the way. Uh, Rodney McLeod, safety. Nelson Aguilar, who looks like they're going to just let walk, which I understand. Uh, Couldn't catch a cold last year. Ronald Darby, their corner. Uh, Timmy Jernigan, Jordan Howard, Vinny Curry, and – H. Vitae can never get yeah,
1: I was about to say, man, if you pull this I'll off, I'm going to do I don't know. That
2: was pretty good. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel – but uh, so a couple tackles. I love Pulu
1: Vitae. There you there go. Nice. Nice. It. Well done.
2: Uh, so they, they got an edge guy, in, a guy on their defensive line, Jordan Howard, who played a big role for them before getting hurt late in the year. Uh, you know, Rodney Cloud at safety, Ronald Darby at corner. They didn't have great seasons, but that secondary is going to be a big point that we talk about uh, in free agency wow. in the draft for them. Uh, it's there. There's uh, some significant pieces for them. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, that's seven or eight starters right now, with less than forty-one million dollars in cap space to spend. And keep in mind, it doesn't include some of the rookie the money you have to hold over for the rookies you're going to pay. They they do they count against your cap too. Yes, they do. Uh, so uh, it, it's going to be and really and doesn't carry carryover. So there's some there's still some n- nuance in those numbers, but that's pretty close if you consider what carryover could be and what the rookie holdover is. That's pretty much what they have to spend needs a wide receiver, needs all over that secondary, uh, and probably needs a tackle if they don't re-sign a couple of those guys. So those, those are some big holes that they're going to have to fill.
1: Yeah, look, guys, this, to me, this all starts with Carson Wentz, right? I mean, they can have a mediocre defense as long as they protect him and they add some weapons. To me, you got to sign Jason Peters because I think if Jason Peters and Vitae both hit the market, Vitae might be more expensive. I think it might be easier for them to keep Peters in-house Vitae has been vital to them with Lane Johnson going out last year after being the highest paid tackle in football and playing both sides. I don't think you can afford to sign both, but I think Peters might be a better cheaper option for them to keep that blind side of Carson Wentz alive. Aguilar's got to go Darby. I think they re resigned because the corner market for them is not none of those guys that we have listed down there are better. Uh, he didn't play great, but when those guys are healthy, I think they're fine to me. They they got to stay healthy. I think Jordan Howard probably has to walk as well. Vinny Curry has to walk. But now they're looking like they went from all these pass rushers to not very many. Uh, And by the way, $41 million, 40.9 is nothing. This is like two guys. So they they don't have a ton. I'd love to see Simmons in that secondary at safety. And then maybe ha-ha Clinton Dix is the second guy. Re-sign Darby. Maybe make a trade um, for somebody to get another weapon on the outside. I think they're okay with the weapons that they have. If Ertz is, is 100%, Goddard's there, they still need some speed somewhere. I think they got to drive. I think they're better off draft. This, this wide receiver class is loaded. But I think yeah. you can let some of these guys walk. I'd like to see them bring Nigel Bradham back. I mean, $9.7 million hit and or pen, $0 penalty for letting him go. But when he's healthy, he's a beast. He's only in the second, third year of that contract. Uh, And they need speed on that defense. So I'd like to see them bring him back. I think they have to draft at least one, if not two, and then you could re-sign a couple of these guys. But $41 million, man, it does not go very far at all. They are really up against it.
0: So, Jamie, when you're looking, obviously Jake just did a great job of walking through kind of all those free agents from his perspective. When you look at these guys that we have listed here, what's your number one priority for the Philadelphia Eagles, because I'm with Jake. you got to protect Carson Wentz. He's already had a couple of major injuries. He's your guy. He's locked up. you got to make sure he's protected and has weapons on top of that.
2: Well, for me, the internal, for re-signing, yes, Jason Peters is your number one priority. Not only because he, again, he played great. He graded out as a number six tackle uh, in the NFL last year according to Pro Football Focus, but he's going to sign a short-term deal Mm -hmm. at his age and in his late 30s. You're not locking him up to a... Three, four, five year deals. Likely a one year deal, maybe two, maybe one with a team option, something like that, where you're not handcuffing yourself down the road. And he's the better player right now, short term for year one. we can kick the can, can down the road a little bit. Uh, I agree with Jake for outside and look at the safeties. I mean, Justin Simmons uh, or Haha Clinton Dix are very interesting options. Both those guys are free agents. Um, those would be really interesting options for them at the safety position. And Look, they're not going to be able to fix all of their problems in the secondary right away. They don't don't have the money to. They're going to need some rookies to step up, and they're going to need their players that they're paying money right now to have a better season than they did because it was a disaster. And as much as they need help at wide receiver, I can't see them going out in the market and and grabbing one there. Grab somebody in the middle rounds. It's a a deep class, like Jake said. And again, when Alshon Jeffrey's healthy, when Zach Ertz is healthy, when Dallas Dallas is healthy, they have pieces there. It's not overwhelming. It's not like Carson Wentz is flooded with weapons and but they they can't possibly be as hurt next season as they were at the end of this season. They just it's just they can't possibly be that. They have other areas they have to adjust right away. I don't think they can tie up any more cap space in getting a proven wide receiver at this point.
1: Yeah, I think I think they also realize Miles Sanders can be a star. I think he can carry the load. And there's a there's a, a bunch of guys that could probably fill that Jordan Howard role as a number two, a little bit bigger back, take a few of those carries. Uh, but this draft like i said is loaded with wide receiver. I can see I'm taking two, probably taking a safety, probably taking a corner. Probably one of those guys plays on the nickel as well. Probably another offensive lineman. When this offensive line is healthy, they are as good as anybody in football. You don't then have to have all of the weapons. They can get really creative with the pieces they have, especially like this. When I'm talking about loaded, I'm talking about there's 40 receivers in this draft that could make teams next year. And play significant roles. I mean, it's that loaded. But you're talking about six or seven with first-round ability, maybe eight. They won't all go in the first round, but there's that many guys with that kind of ability. They can get an elite player. Um, and they can always make some moves. I mean, the great thing about this, we have to look at it as it is now. And if they want to get creative and get aggressive, you know, they can make some moves. They could, they can could make some trades. Um, but we'll see what happens. And You also have the franchise, transitional and the franchise tags to play with as well here we probably should throw that in. I'm not sure if any of these of those guys maybe Jason Peters for a year, but that gets really expensive. But it's also an easy way to do it as a one-year deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So saying is you're you, the way you have it projected out, both of you are kind of looking at this from the same perspective. Do you go into this draft with your number one need being a weapon for Carson Wentz? Do you go into that as your number one need is first round, you're looking defense only? Like what is your, if things shake out like the way you guys are projecting and they end up paying to, to help Jason Peters protect Carson Wentz and they let both Jordan Howard and Nelson Aguilar go. I understand. We think that they're going to be more healthy, but I also know Alshon Jeffrey nearly never stays healthy for an entire season. And then all of a sudden, if Jeffrey's out of that lineup, you're looking at hoping that you have both tight ends stay healthy. They need somebody else. Is that, is that an early target, Jamie, or because it's so much depth, you're looking at it later on?
2: So Jordan Reed in his latest mock on the draftnetwork.com. he has uh, Jalen McGuire, McGuire from a, the TCU wide receiver going with that pick there. To me, if and according to his draft, Xavier McKinney is still on the board at that point, I think that's where I go. Now, mm-hmm. if they sign Justin Simmons or something like that, and they sign him to like a three or four year deal, then you're not going safety in round one. But uh, assuming they don't land one of those premier options, I still think the secondary is where you need to go early and grab some of these other guys late. If you, I, I look, I know predicting sixteen games of Alshon Jeffrey is not realistic, mm-hmm. but I also don't know if I really want to spend with all the holes they have on defense if I really want to spend a first round pick on wide receiver, when they're going to be guys, maybe, maybe an Ayuk in the second round. I mean, there, there are a lot of, we could see six receivers going round one and there's still be a deep class in the, on day two in the draft. So I don't know if I can stomach going receiver unless one of the big guys falls, but there's no way they are going to fall to 21. But I can't stomach going receiver in round one, but I understand why you would.
1: You look, Grant Delpit's another name if he happened to drop to them. you got to have a playmaker in the secondary. That's why I like Simmons. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix is a little, little bit of a safer option that still has some range. But Justin Simmons is all over the place. If you don't end up with that, I think you have to go with a playmaker. And the best part about free agency is it happens before the draft, right? So you could do as much as you can and fill some of these holes and then go, okay, now our needs have changed by the time we get to draft and we could really take the best available player that fits the needs that we have at that point. Uh, they, they don't need Deshaun Jackson's back, by the way. I mean, like they, that's a guy we forget about that still can fly. So it's not like they got to add speed uh, to this offense necessarily. You could take a really good run after the catch guy, but I think they take the best playmaker. If there's a corner that drops, uh, it's a pretty deep corner class as well, but you have two elite safeties of uh, McKinney and Grant Delpit that if they were there and you don't get Justin Simmons or one of these guys works out, um, Malcolm Jenkins also talking about holding out that he wants a new deal we, was probably worth saying what we talk about the Eagles. Uh, he's got like two years left on his deal, but he's talking about holding out if he didn't get more money. I, I don't know that I'd, I'd probably trade him at this point. I don't know. I don't know. He, you hear so much stuff about him. He's so outspoken. I don't know if he's great in the locker room or if he's one of those guys that pushes too hard. Uh, this is total speculation on my point, but i my part. I can see them trading him and moving on, trying to sign one of these other guys and maybe still draft one.
0: Any any other thoughts here, guys, on the Philadelphia Eagles and and their direction moving forward, Jamie? Because I think the the Malcolm Jenkins stuff is interesting. If they decided to listen, I don't think they I don't think they have the room to pay him more money, right? Like I don't I don't think no. they're gonna
1: reach. Nor is he worth it.
0: Yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. So they're either going to trade him or he's going to have to understand that you have two years left on your deal and you're going to have to play for that dollar amount.
2: Yeah, and look, if you want to make the argument, let's say they're not able to land one of those big-time safeties and they they move on from Malcolm Jenkins, then I understand the argument of, okay, we're going to be bad against the We're not just going to be bad against the pass. We're going to be awful mm-hmm. against the pass. So we're going to have to structure our team next year to be a team that just gets 30-plus. We need to outscore everybody all the time. Uh, to, to me, I look at this team and I know they, again, technically won the division last year, but I, I'm not incredibly optimistic about their short-term future. They have a ceiling because Carson Wentz is amazing. Uh, and we've talked about, we've detailed this on the show. And, and to me, if there's any of these narratives carry over to next season about Carson Wentz, I'm, I'm going to pull my hair out. I know Jake's going to do it too. We, we just, it, The ridiculous yeah, the ridiculous right. BS. Well, that-
0: Philadelphia is But it's not just Eagles
2: fans. It's like uh, there are other people that are just smart people I usually consider smart people that are buying into these Carson Wentz narratives.
0: I I agree with that, but there's also a lot of the Philadelphia media that helps drive this narrative. Because usually usually in the city, if you're a guy like Carson Wentz who not only is as talented as he is, but is as good of a dude as he is.
1: And as tough as he is.
0: Yeah, he the dude. The, they don't turn on you. The Philadelphia media in general is is enamored with the Nick Foles stuff, and it's like you guys got to be smarter than that. And it helps drive that stupidity with the national narrative. And I know Jake will. I think Jake might fly to Philly to hurt people next year if this is still a thing. I I, I think that might happen.
1: Yeah. Look, my last thoughts on the Eagles—they're up against it. Yeah. I, I mean, you sit here and break this down as Jamie just alluded to, man. Like. I Forty one million dollars is nothing. Like that's so so little. So little to re-sign some of these guys. Like, and one thing the free agencies taught us in the last three or four years, you gotta overpay. Everybody's getting a cap boost, and you gotta overpay. The guys that are getting paid in those first 48 hours, which are the 72 hours that those monster names, they're all getting crazy numbers. I mean, go back and look at last year, last couple years. I don't think the Eagles can be in the sweepstakes for any of those people.
2: Yeah, and that's that's what I'm looking at now. Is I just maybe they can they can maybe get one guy, maybe a guy like Justin Simmons or somebody like that. But I, I can't. They're not going to be able to fill all their holes, and they might. But not you're be losing eight
1: play. starters, as you said, to do that.
2: Yeah, I, I just that's my concern is that defense is going to get worse, even if they draft well. The defense yeah. is going to get worse, at least for year one. Um, I, just I just didn't really.
0: I guess when we were when we were heading into this discussion, I didn't really realize how bad their cap situation wow. was until, the, until Jamie put together this great document for us until I looked at the number and went,
2: oh boy. I mean, four defensive starters, two starting tackles, uh, you know your slot receiver you're, I, and you're at point starting running back. Yeah Jordan year.
0: Howard was the starting running back when he was healthy.
2: And look Sanders played well down the stretch well, you could find a second piece especially in the draft or, or late. In but side. You're going like you, to have to draft fine.
0: another running back.
2: But you know yes but that's what I'm willing to say you know what if you have to take a hit on backup running back that's what you that's where you take the hit on. You can't, sure. you can't invest more assets in that right now you just can't you have to hope Miles Sanders can be the Yeah guy. I mean
1: if Edwards Hilaire is actually there in the fourth or fifth like people are projecting him he would be an awesome fit as another piece with Miles Sanders and then you you could get really creative with guys that catch it really well out of the backfield, maybe together, but they're up against it guys. I mean, the team that they're going to put on the field next year is going to be completely reliant like a lot of teams on quarterback play and they have an elite one. So they're going to be okay if he stays healthy and plays well, but they got to stay healthy everywhere else, but they're up against it with this.
0: Yeah, they are up against it. And the big concern there is that they take a step back from a already poor defense uh, heading into next season. All right, the next team we're going to talk about here, the team that finished in second place, the Dallas Cowboys. $77.2 million of cap space.
2: But they have to sign everybody.
0: (laughs) But they have to sign a lot of people. They have 49 guys under contract. Jamie I'll let you run through some of these key free agents as we well know we have had tons of discussion about this first guy but there are a lot of other people on this list that played huge parts for this Dallas Cowboys defense offense and defense and all of a sudden the dollar amount goes from 77 down real quick
2: yes and I think that's why we're going to have this prolonged discussion about Dak Prescott and why we've had it because you listen to him and then some of the other names obviously Dak Prescott's one of them Amari Cooper uh, Byron Jones, Robert Quinn, Randall Cobb, Malik Collins, Jeff Heath, Sean Lee, Jason Witten. Um, those are all considerable contributors to that team last year that are all unrestricted free agents. Uh, they have a couple guys here that they can possibly clear up space with Tyrone Crawford. Um, he's been open, to, he is reportedly open to renegotiating, but if, if they cut him, they'll get $8 million in cap space uh, with a $1.1 $1. $1. $1 million cap penalty. Uh, and backup tackle Cam Fleming, uh, they would get $4.5 million in cap space with $750,000 in dead cap. So those are other options for them, maybe clearing up another $12.5 million. But those are a lot of starters, and they're going to need help on, on the interior defensive line. Uh, they have to figure out what they're going to do with tight end, their tight end situation. If they don't re-sign Byron Jones and Jeff Heath, which does look like they will, what they're going to do in the secondary, those are two starters for them. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see because they have a lot of holes uh, if these guys aren't re-signed.
1: I mean, guys, look, they're going to sign Dak, and that's going to be $30 million, $35 million off that 77 million. They're going to sign Amari Cooper because we always forget they gave up a number one pick. Yeah. yeah. We talk about all, all these other guys, yeah. all these other teams that are handcuffed, right, by making that trade. They have to re-sign Amari Cooper. Uh they don't have a lot other than that, but I like where they're at other than that. So if you take $45 million away immediately, and some of that could be done in sign bonus, some of it could be done prolonged, you get You you know, you can get really creative with how you do that. It's all going to count on some year's cap. It doesn't all have to count on this year's cap. While they have this window, uh, I love them going after these tight ends. I, I think Ebron could be cheap. I think he'll be cheaper than Hunter Henry. Uh, Austin Hooper's interesting, but Ebron in that offense... I don't think they're going to bring back Jason Witten. I think you let Sean Lee sit out there for till May and say, okay, one year veteran minimum come back, be a middle linebacker backup. The problem is Vander Esch has a neck issue that he missed a lot more time than he thought he was going to miss. He's a star. I think you have to have Sean Lee back. And when we were talking about the cap the other day, he was one of those examples of those veteran leaders. That's a great backup. He played 16 games this year for the first time in his career. Because you'd have to play every snap, but I think he's a guy you can get back that wants to be a cowboy. Jason Witten, you let go. Uh, Heath is replaceable. Randall Cobb's a dude. I mean, this they're going to draft a receiver at some point. But to me, and Robert Quinn, I don't. I mean, he's another one. I think you could let sit out there and test the market. And, yeah, Yeah,
2: he's fine. He was fine. Last year, you know,
1: their offensive line is going to be fine either way. Um, you could restructure that Tyrone Crawford deal like we talked about, and then you always have the tag. So they could tag Amari Cooper, uh, which is a big number, but it gets them by for a year. I mean, they have a window, and the, this is enough cap space. They could get they could get creative. I mean, if they brought in Ebron Henry, a legit tight end, to go with what they have going on, if you get Dak signed and, a, and Cooper signed, then you could still could – I mean, I'd love to see him go after Leonard Williams to add to that interior defensive line. Uh, I think that's a guy that would probably love to go there. I don't think he's going to be crazy expensive, although he should be. Um, interesting. I, I like where they're at. I mean, compared to what we were just talking about with Eagles, they yeah. they have a lot more. You think it's going to go away quick, and it is, but when you have $77 million to, to start with, and Jerry will get creative on the signing bonuses, moving money around, all that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, I, I like where they're at. I think they have a window. I think they can get better. Uh, they should have been better than they were last year but I think they can get better, put it together. I think McCarthy, I like where they're at. I think they definitely are the head and shoulders above everybody in this division on where they're at now and where they could be when this is all over with. With a good, with another solid draft, I really like where they could be.
0: Jamie, is there any scenario in which you see, because this is kind of a topic of conversation with the Cowboys Twitter, where you get Dak, Amari, and Byron Jones? Is there any scenario that that happens? Because it is going to be a tough pill to swallow if they do, in, a, in fact, sign Dak and Amari, but have to let Byron Jones walk. Um, because that is, that is the argument amongst Cowboys fans of what is, what is it going to take for us to get all three of those guys and is it even possible?
2: It's going to take a lot of creativity on the contract structure of the first two guys mm-hmm. um, to almost free up the beginning. But the problem is, is you don't want to lead yourself into an untenable situation one or two years down the road either. You, you might want to push it down a little bit, but you want to be careful when you, especially when you're talking about the two of the three biggest contracts on your roster. Yep. you want to be careful with not pushing yourself into a situation like the Saints did a couple of years ago, where they almost kind of had to basically bottom out for a year or two uh, because they put themselves in such cap hell that they kind of had to write a couple seasons off uh, relative to to them, and yeah, talent level. Um, I, I mean, I guess it would be possible. The problem is, is you know Byron Jones to me, might be the most – I mean, I, I still think on a short term, in like year one or two, that Chris Harris is the best corner available and what yeah. he's been able to do. I mean, he's still been he's still playing at a high level. But in terms of age, if you factor age in the equation, Byron Jones is the best cornerback on the market. Yep. My concern is that if he goes back to Dallas, he is not taking the most money you could possibly get. For sure. So if that's a decision that he wants to make on his own to take a little less money to go, to go back, then that's great. But I don't think that's going to happen because I think he looks at this opportunity where if you can be, especially in this market, one or two of the best players at your position, that's really lucrative because somebody is going to pay you a lot of money and likely overpay you a lot of money. I don't see that happening. I don't think it's impossible. I just don't think it's very likely. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm with Jake here on some of the other things that he was saying, too. I would love Leonard Williams here. Eric Ebron seems to be, because of the top tight ends available, there are really three premier pass-catching tight ends. That's Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron, and Austin Hooper. Uh, to me, Ebron, especially finishing the season injured the way he did, he's the one that probably comes in with the most value, maybe on a one- or two-year type of a deal. Maybe not one year because he still had what he did a couple of years ago, probably earns him a second year from somebody. But uh, he's somebody that's really interesting in this offense to go along with Blake Jarwin especially from a fantasy perspective, that becomes very interesting because Eric Ebron would stay right there in the middle of tight end one territory playing in this offense with Dak. So uh, all those things are really interesting to me. Uh, I just – I look at this and I say they're not in terrible shape, but this was a team that wasn't in terrible shape last year. This was a team that just underperformed what their talent level was on paper. If they get their big guys signed at least for one year – I mean, look, if you lose Quinn, you lose Cobb, you lose Collins, Heath – uh, you know, Jordan Reed and that mock draft on draftnetwork.com, they haven't taken Grant Delpit. Mm-hmm. And if they add, if they replace Heath with Delpit, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you're fine with that. Yeah, you're fine with that. So, like, I, I mean, if they do, if they do that, this this is a team that should,
0: should on again, paper. in
2: air quotes, should win this division by multiple games.
0: Yeah. No, totally in agreement. Jake, same question for you. Do you think there's any scenario in which they get Dak, Amari, and Byron? Because I think you brought up a really good point. When we've been discussing Dak and Amari specifically in the past, we haven't brought up the first-round pick that was given up for Amari. So they, they they have to, because I've seen that argument on Cowboys Twitter, like, okay, we'll move on from Amari because I'm like, no, you won't because then you're punting a first round draft pick. You can't do that. You you have to sign him and if you're going to run this offense back, you want Zeke, Dak and Amari all together. So, do you think there's any scenario in which Byron Jones takes a hometown discount to stay in Dallas or you think because he's in the number one corner on this market he's going to end up playing somewhere else next year?
1: Only with the tag and then he's liable to hold out on you. Um, I, I can see it if they tag him, but no, other than that, Byron Jones is going to get too much money and there's going to be a casualty of signing Dak to $35 million. So I said, I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think you should, but we all think they probably have to, right? So no, I mean, if that's the case, you're going to lose somebody. There's going to be a casualty there. If that's the case, then maybe you get Quinn back. You probably get one or two of these other guys back and you, then you got to draft one. Um, I still like where they're at. I like the the more we sit here and talk about this with the new blood, the new coaching staff, the new excitement. Um, it, you know, I, I, what Jamie said too. If you want to go back to that Saints thing of bottoming out, you can't allow your you can't allow yourself to go all in while you have a one or two window here to win the Super Bowl and then bottom out because you're going to give Dak a five or six year deal, and you got Zeke locked up, so you can't lose too many other players that only have them. Uh, but I think you can go almost all in and try to win this Super Bowl get creative, somebody needs to get the tag, and then, you know, we, we always have the ability for them to start making some trades. Uh, I don't know who those pieces would be per se, but the offensive line is still going to be one of the best in football. If you can get these guys locked up, I really like where they're at.
0: Yeah, I think this is, uh, the Cowboys fans should be excited, especially since we just went over the top two teams, and although they have to pay Dak, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Jerry tries to do with Dak and how much money they in fact end up paying him and how they get creative potentially with moving some of that money around because there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, okay, he turned away that $30 million contract and wants more as is well known, but did he earn that? And are they going to play hardball a little bit here with him I kind of feel like Jerry might do it. I kind of feel like he might do it a little bit because last year was a tough pill for them to swallow. And Dak was a a, a part of the partial success, but then also the failure in last year. So I think this is is one of the more interesting situations to pay attention to because, as Jake has pointed out in, in years past, you haven't really seen happen what happened with Zeke, where Zeke kind of forced Jerry to play on Zeke's terms, whereas usually Jerry forces everybody to play on Jerry's terms. And I I think it's, I think this is probably the most interesting uh, free agent aside from, you know, that guy named Tom Brady, who we're obviously all paying attention to in this offseason.
1: Paige, that's a great point. I mean, Dak was a fourth round pick. There's egos involved here that Jerry and Steven go, you know, we found him in the fourth round. He had a lot of success as a rookie. Tony Tony Romo was our guy. Dak took over. But it was a different situation last year because you still had Dak on that rookie deal in a very low rookie deal, that you could give Zeke that money. They thought they could win the Super Bowl last year the way they had it set up. Now you gave Zeke that money. And now if you give it to Dak, we're talking about losing other guys. And is Dak elite enough to be a top three paid guy to carry you to a Super Bowl? He's going to have to play that way. If this was Carson Wentz and we flipped this around with that team, whew, I'm all in, Pay him whatever it takes because now you got a guy. Uh, This team is much, much better than Philly. They're in a much better situation, but Dak has to play like Carson Wentz for them to win the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, it's he's going to have to be special. And if he gets paid $35 million, he should be special because that's special quarterback money. So we'll see how that all shakes out for the Dallas Cowboys. Next game we're going to talk about here in the division, the New York Giants. Their cap space is $61.9 million. They got 58 guys under contract couple of key free agents but not a huge amount here four guys we're really looking at in leonard williams david mayo mike remmers and marcus golden uh jamie let's look at those four guys first of those guys do you see them holding on to any or all of these guys
2: well they're going to want to hold on to leonard williams if they, they spent a three and a five to get him from the jets earlier in the season but the Laser reports said he wants 15 million a year <laughs> and i'd imagine someone will get close to that uh, so I, they might have a hard time there. Uh, you know, Mike Remmers, what, I mean, he was just starting my tackle last year, but they're going to have to address that position uh, because Nate Solder is really getting up there. Uh, by the way, they can't really do anything with Nate Solder. I, I keep hearing this, this uh, on uh, reading online, like on these giant sites, like the Giants should cut Nate Solder. So sure, they can, I think they get like $5 million in cap space, but you're taking a $13 million cap penalty to do that.
0: Yeah, no. Like not I, they're happening. not
2: going to cut Nate Solder. They're, they're, there's nothing they can do there. Um They'll probably address that position in the draft. We'll talk about where, where Jordan Reed has them going there later on. But, um, you know, David Mayo actually played really well for them last year, so I want to see what he could get. Uh, Marcus Golden at times has played well, but we'll see. Again, that's not somebody that you have to bend over backwards for. Nor, nor is he a guy that I think is going to command that much money uh, on the open market relative to his position value. You know, some guys that could clear up space if they wanted to. I mean, Alec Ogletrees played a big role for them, but really – I thought was overrated when he played for the Rams. And I think he's been overrated playing in New York as well. Uh, They they can save eight and a quarter million on the cap with a 3.5 million cap penalty Uh, backup tight end, Red Ellison, they can save 5 million on the cap with a 2.2 million cap penalty. And I've got to put him on this list, but um, there's, there's one other guy that they could save 4.8 million for a Kareem Martin uh, with a 1.1 million cap penalty. They could save 4.8. Those are potential options for them. Uh, To me, it's just more about, progressing as a team and to me I think the big focus should be in free agency first but if you can't pull off a big name there definitely in the draft solidifying the tackle position for your young quarterback and your young running back but most importantly for your young quarterback uh, because Nate Solder has only got a couple years left and isn't playing all that well Your right tackle is probably going to go back into free agency you need to make sure that your guy is protected and will help him with those fumbles that we've talked about so much toward the end of the season last year.
1: Yeah, Marcus Golden, Kareem Martin uh, came over from Arizona with James Betcher. That defensive and the whole coaching staff is gone. Uh, Joe Judge, what are they going to look like on defense? I can see Kyle Van Ooy being a play here, bringing him over from the Patriots, being very multiple in what they want to do on defense uh, and replacing one of those guys. I mean, Marcus Golden's 11 sack guy, so it's usually around a million a sack. If you could get him back for eight and a half, you know, one year deal, something like that, uh, in that second you know, five, six, seven days of free agency, uh, you might look at it because he's still an edge guy. But if they're going to go to a lot more like they played in New England, it's usually a four-man front. There's not a lot of stand-up edge guys that are in that traditional 3-4, which Marcus is. High-motor guy, uh, he's going to get there because he plays so hard. But you could move on from a couple of those guys. Uh, Alec oltree has been a big piece of that defense, but you could probably move on there. I just don't know who you're going to replace him with. They don't have anybody sitting in the wings. Um, I don't hate where they're at. Uh, this team with that kind of cap space, that many guys under contract, they got Leonard Williams back, you bring in Calvano. He's not going to be expensive. You know, you, you got to go get some corners. And we go back to the Byron Jones thing that could you you re-sign Leonard Williams, sign Byron Jones. You don't have to let any of those other guys go to be okay on the cap. Uh, you could actually still go out and make a run at one of these other pass rushers. Eric Armstead is going to get way too much. Shaq Barrett's not leaving Tampa. But Dupree is interesting, uh, but it's a stand up 3 4 guy. So, how yeah. multiple do you want to be on defense? I really think Joe's going to bring in much more of that New England thing. That's why they brought the guy in from Miami uh, to run that same defense. So I think Kyle Vanoe really fits what they're going to do, and he's going to be cheap. Uh, but I kind of like where they're at. I mean, they could turn this around. They got to draft young guys, they got to draft speed on that defense. Uh, And then they need that offensive line help. So then you you bring that back in. Okay, let's go look at Philly. Does Vitae fit with what they're doing there? They got enough cap space to sign Williams, sign Byron Jones and make a couple runs with some of these other guys. Kyle Kyle Van Hoy, let some of these other guys go and then bring in some offensive line help.
0: So Jamie, I think your, your focus was right here in that we obviously know they have Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and, and making sure that they, have a better offensive line, which it feels like we've been talking about the New York Giants offensive line for a while and the struggles that they've had for a while. Is this, obviously, we? there's some projections on who they might take at, they have a top spot this year. Are they going to go take the best, offensive tackle available are they going to go at some of these potential targets what do you think makes the most sense if you're Dave Gettleman are you trying to get one of these guys and you're drafting in that position or what are your thoughts here when we look at this situation because it has been an issue for a long time I
2: think their most likely path is drafting a tackle yeah Jordan Reed has him taking Jedrick Wells from Alabama there which I think would be a good pick I think a lot of it's going to be of whether or not the Lions try to have that three spot. Because whoever's moving in that three spot's taking a quarterback. Yep. And then if Jeffrey Okuda is still there and they don't, let's say, get a Byron Jones, they don't go get a Logan Ryan, they don't get somebody of that nature uh, to put it, it to put in their secondary, then I think that comes into play for you. As much as you want to make another tackle, you're still paying Nate Solder for a little bit. Maybe you bring in a Vitae. At that point, you're like – yeah, that's not our five-year plan, but those are probably our starters in 2020 anyway. Do we take are the best
0: player the, the available, best,
2: the best player available, and the second best defensive player in the draft behind the guy? I'm sure they would love to take and Chase Young, and take. Uh, so I, I think a lot of it's going to be depending on that pick. I think either the Will's pick or Jeffery Okuda would both fit really well in New York, and so it's going to depend if you sign Byron Jones and you still probably are taking the tackle there at that spot. So we'll see what they do.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a guy on the, on the team we're going to talk about next, and Brandon Sheriff, that would be awesome. You think Dave Gettleman's still their GM. Uh, he still builds it from the trenches on both sides. I can see them making some free agent splashes on that offensive line. You go back and look at this again. Leonard Williams, what are we talking, $12 million? Uh, you could grab Vitae for probably about the same. Vannaway's not going to be expensive. Brandon Sheriff's in that probably range of 10. You still got cap space.
2: Yeah,
1: and then you can still take that tackle at four, and then you still got you could make a run at Byron Jones with that. I, I like where they're at. I mean, the guys they're going to lose sixty-two million dollars. I mean, you go back to the last team we talked about, the Cowboys. That's a big long list at seventy-seven million, but if they're at sixty-two million and they let Alec Ogletree go, they're at seventy. It gets really interesting. I mean, they can turn this thing around pretty quick with some, some big pieces.
2: And this was Gettleman's plan. We'll see if it works. But this yeah. was his plan a couple years ago, when they over the last year or so, when they moved out a lot of those high cap hits, mm-hmm. good players in some cases, but high cap hits. And this was kind of the idea of the rebuild. Okay, you took your running back two years ago. You took your quarterback last year. Maybe you're taking your your starting left tackle the future this year. Like that. That's what you're building this team around. This is kind of they've opened up their cap flexibility a lot. They have they have holes, but. They have a lot of flexibility to fix them, unlike some of the other teams in the division.
0: Yeah, they do have a lot of flexibility, and I think it will be – that that aspect of the draft, that first couple of picks, and whether or not they tempt somebody into trading up with them or whatnot, I think that, that we've all talked about Gettleman is going to stand pat, no matter what, um, as we've had our discussions internally with draft network guys, that they want – they're gonna there's going to be somebody there that they want enough to stay there. And I don't think that they're going to At four, out. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. I, I could easily see them moving right back. I think they could move back to six if the Chargers want one of these quarterbacks bad enough uh, and still get the guy that they want. Okay. And it's a tackle loaded draft. You can move back to 10 and still get a monster tackle and pick up another first round pick.
2: That's very uh, need to know where, where they have these guys traded. Where do they have works? Where do they have Becton? Where do they have some of those guys? If those guys are all similar ranked, Yeah, they can move six, seven spots back and get some of those guys. I think, like, Beckton and – Of course, but Jeffrey. now all of
0: a sudden you're looking at Jeffrey Okuda's there at four. Are they looking to get out of that spot, right? Like, that's – all of a sudden, that's where it becomes – I don't think
1: Jeffrey Okuda locks you into four at all. Okay. He's a great player in the top corner in this draft, but you need help on that defense. An extra first-round pick when you had three last year, that helps you out more than anything. You're still going to get a star tackle. Yeah. And Beckton plays right tackle as well as as Jedrick Wills does. They, they, I don't think anybody has them that far apart that you couldn't move from four to ten, pick up another first round pick, and maybe a, another second or third, and get a lot better off in this draft. And then your cap value is also six points, six positions less.
0: So now all of a sudden we start looking at what they do and how much they address the line in the off season too. Right. We yeah. we look and see how much emphasis is there and, and if they really go after a couple of these bigger names. And then if they feel more comfortable going, you know what, we're okay moving from four to six in this case, or like Jake said, maybe even back to Whoa. a 10 and collecting another first round pick or whatever they're going to look to do here. I, I think it's those two spots are obviously most interesting. We everybody that wants to talk about Joe Burrow, it's that's a lock one, lock two. Okay, I don't want to hear about yeah, it anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about
2: this. The, the, the Joe the Joe Burrow narrative is starting out there. Joe Burrow is being drafted number one overall to Cincinnati, and we're not talking about this.
0: Anymore. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to see the hypothetical trades. That I somebody sent me yesterday on Twitter that they were offering up. You know this year's first, and then three, and I was like, "That's not it. no." Like he's an Ohio guy. It's done. I no, it's not happening. So one and two are are not. There's no there's no changes being made there. Three is where it becomes interesting.
1: Yes. Three, and-
0: four, five, lots of interest level. Obviously, we know Miami wants Tua potentially. If, if the Lions decide to trade out, are they forcing Miami's hand? Is there the Chargers? Are they trading up? Does New York have more bargaining room here because they don't need a quarterback? Yes, obviously. A lot of teams need quarterbacks. There's a lot of excitement here. All of a sudden, we're like, okay, in the top five, there could be three quarterbacks drafted. And I wouldn't be surprised at all.
2: Yeah, the other thing that's interesting, and, and I don't think it's likely, but let's say Oakland doesn't get one of the bigger, like if we heard them attached to Brady and all stuff, let's say they don't get one of those guys. What if, hypothetically speaking, Gruden's in love with either Tua or Herbert or something? Do you trade 12 and 19 to move up to four?
1: You can, easily.
2: Right? And if you're the Giants, yeah. I do that. Because you're going to still get a premier player on defense, and you're still going to get one of those top three tackles, most likely. Like, I, I If think you're the like, Giants
1: yeah. and you do that, and you could end up with the kid from Georgia, the tackle, and then either Delpit or McKinney? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, you do that! I can't believe those guys are saying There's no way they're moving out of four for a Cuda. Hey, come on, man. Hey, add, this is freaking Dave Gettleman. Know who you're talking about? He I would mean, take. He would take Beckton at ten, just over the value, because I guarantee you, nobody has him that much lower than Will's.
0: I think what Jamie said makes a lot of sense with the Raiders, right? I think that's that. That all of a sudden looks at something, and you go. Yeah, that, they might even be able to have – they might have to sweeten the pot a little bit more. Because they might have to give them some from
2: next year be, to, make, to make that jump. Because what happens there – again, this, this whole – You half also there. have to trade
1: Derek Carr to make that work. But
2: Yes. So yes, you have to make and, that. Unless,
1: unless it's Tua, and then you don't. Yeah,
2: and, yeah. and, and we'll see because we'll see. What if the, you know, the Lions trade out pick? what if that pick's Herbert? What if that pick's not Tua? What if two is the, 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 the third not, quarterback off the board? Thank you. Like, I'm
0: not convinced that that's a lock.
2: So. So, but but if, if that's the Raiders guy, it it, it it does a lot of things for you. Let's say you swing and miss on Brady. Let's just do all this hypotheticals. You swing and miss on Brady, okay? you What you want to do is you want to make a splash going to the new stadium. But what you also want to do is continue to justify the Cleo Mack trade. You do both things PR-wise while potentially making your football team better if that's the quarterback you want. You could do all of that yeah. in one move. because then it doesn't matter what you do with it. Even though those tackles played well last year, I don't care if they fall off a cliff, if Colton Miller and company fall off a cliff next year. If you draft the quarterback of the future with one of the Khalil Mack picks, nobody's ever going to, no one's going to talk crap about the Khalil Mack trade ever again for you. Whether they should or shouldn't, is a whole different story, but just what the narrative will turn into, plus it makes your team better, plus there's some buzz. Like you're getting all of those things that are both on the field and off the field that factor into some of these decisions could be made in that one scenario.
1: Plus, if you did trade Carr, you could flip your cap space and go after some other people when we get to them in free agency. It could be really, really interesting. But that's, they are a monster player, as is Miami, because they actually have more capital than the Raiders in the first round. But they need more pieces. I can't imagine they're going to move a ton of that to go up from five to three to, to panic that much. But this, uh, there's no way you could sit here and say the Giants are not moving from that pick. When I'm talking about Dave Gettleman, there's, there's no way. He, he's going to listen to everything. And there's a huge difference in value at four and ten. I don't even know who has ten. I'm just throwing ten out there as an, like a, yeah. a place. Yeah. And,
2: and by the way, if they trade Derek Carr, they free up sixteen and a half million dollars cap space. Yeah. Okay. So it's. I mean, a, if you move if
1: you move up to three and take a quarterback, you just replaced it. But same sure, deal, right? You just
2: replaced it. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you're not actually it doesn't really affect the other plans you've been trying to make. Right. So.
0: I uh, think. And I by think. the way,
2: his cap hit the next three years. For those that might be trading for him, uh, it would it would actually only be, uh, I believe, about next year if they could get traded. I think it's only about eight million dollars for the first year for the team that trades for him. Okay. Uh, and then it will become twenty-two point one, and then twenty uh, in the final two years after that. Well, now he now he gets
1: really interesting if his cap value, his cap hits eight million.
2: Yeah, because I believe the way – I have to double-check, but I believe it's like because the Raiders would have to carry a certain amount. I'll have to double-check. It might be a little higher than that, but I don't think it's higher than like 13 or 14.
1: But I'm yeah, the check. Raiders have to carry anything, and then you have him for a year and can restructure that deal if you like him. Yeah. That gets really, really interesting because that brings a lot more people into play because now you're talking about some of these teams the quarterback needs but they have a lot of other needs. And if, at, at that value for a year or two, you can – man, you can move a lot of things and then restructure his deal.
0: Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I think there's going to be – I think we're going to end up getting two trades in the first ten – I think it might be two trades in the first five picks and three quarterbacks in the top five, which I, the, I, I root, as Jake well knows, Jamie knows this too, I root for chaos. So I want as many possible scenarios to play out. And because of the buzz already happening with the Lions at three, and what could – like Jake said, potentially push Miami into panic mode, right? As we well know, now it's easy to say, yeah, they're not going to panic. But we all know what happens when you're actually seeing the the clock happen when you're at the draft. And it, all of a sudden, it just changes the dynamic. And if Tua's their guy and the Lions are trading out, I would not be surprised to see Miami jump in and and have to do that. So I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm I'm already it, it's February 11th and I got to calm myself a little bit because we can, we got we got two full months before the draft actually happens. Yeah, you know uh, the crazy
1: thing too, I don't know that either one of those any of those other guys are top five quarterbacks. I, Burrow's uh-huh. the top pick. Like I'm 100% fine with that. That's that's awesome, but. Uh, I I don't, I mean, for three of those guys to go in the top five, Tua's, I mean, Herbert has question marks. Tua definitely has question marks. But they they always get overdrafted. They always get overdrafted. Smart guys like Gettleman, who are all about value and want to build them the trenches, they're damn sure going to listen at four. For those guys to say that they're not moving is craziness.
0: Yeah, it's uh I think it's gonna be fun. I think I think we're gonna get a lot of room. Jamie, did you look up the, yeah, the Derek Carr numbers? I
2: believe it's again I have to do more, but I believe it'd be sixteen and a half million on the cap for a okay. team that traded for him next
1: That's year. still low.
0: Yeah, it's still low. It's still low for a starting quarterback in the NFL. All right, the last team in the division we're gonna talk about, the Washington Redskins, thirty-nine million dollars in the cap uh they they gotta compete in their own market guys the xfl they got a great team over wow. in dc Cardell
2: jones still hasn't better, lost better
0: watch out that they're that they're gonna become second tier in that city pretty quickly uh 64 guys under contract a couple of key free agents here they got five guys here jamie go line by line here of these guys who do you think they're gonna keep and who do you think they're gonna move on from
2: before i do that quickly just we're giving you a number under contract it doesn't really apply to any of these teams because it doesn't matter if they, they could have 80 guys under contract. There's a lot of guys that can cut with literally no penalty. Yes. Uh, but sometimes you will realize that you see a team, with a lot of cap space You go, wow, they have a lot of cap space. And you guys have 39 guys under contract. And yes. you go, oh yeah. No, they don't. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So we're going to make sure that that comes out with it. So don't be shocked that these numbers are over 53. Cause a lot of these can be futures deals, practice squad guys that are literally, you can cut and just with no penalty, but uh, key free agents for them. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, who we've already talked about a little bit earlier, uh, their guard, Chris Thompson, their pass catching back. Donald Penn, who started at tackle for them this year. Eric Flowers, the starting guard. Uh, and their starting punter. So basically three-fifths of their offensive line. Uh, but it appears that uh, Ron Rivera met with Trent Williams either yesterday or today. And they reportedly things were positive. Uh, obviously, that's a huge difference whether he is playing for you at left tackle or not. Uh, but those are the five starters they'll be without. The clear-up cap space, I think it's likely they cut Jordan Reed. Uh, the they asked Rod Rivera straight up, do you think you have your that's a must in? he was extremely non-committal? It's <laughs> a, a must. So was, you gotta
1: move on there. Yeah. Eight
2: point five million in cap space, you open up there, they have to. Uh with one point eight million. Uh Josh Norman's another guy that I think is a cut candidate. 12 and a half million he would add to the cap with a three million dollar penalty. Other than his history
1: with Rivera, but I yeah. I agree with that one. That one's but interesting.
2: At that price, I think you have to do it. Ryan Kerrigan will be interesting. I don't think that they will, but uh, end of the season with an injury, they would save eleven and eleven point seven million on the cap with no penalty. All those are options for them. Obviously, they're a little they're tight cap wise. The Alex Smith deal they're still paying for. I yeah. mean, that, I mean, look, it is what it is. I mean, that was a horrific injury, and you never yeah. know that's going to happen. But um, obviously, they're going to have to pay this. They're going to have to pay Chase Young a, a nice amount of money on the cap too with the second overall pick. So they don't have. They're going to have to address their offensive line, and they don't have a, a ton of money to spend.
1: They don't, but they can get creative. Uh if Trent Trent Williams is the kicker, right? Like that that whole thing. If he comes back, Sheriff might want to come back. They could always franchise Sheriff. You could restructure Norman, cut Kerrigan, replace him with Chase Young, although I'd like to have both. And a Kerrigan at eleven point seven is not terrible. You no. definitely move it on from Jordan Reed. Uh but if you have Trent Williams and Sheriff back, then you don't you're not worried about any of these potential targets in free agency. Uh you can pick up another guard. Uh Donald Penn... You might get him back for a year. used to be a really good player. Huge, gigantic man uh, that probably fits what they want to do. Easy to move on from Chris Thompson with what they have in that backfield. Always been solid for them for years. Can't stay healthy. Uh, I I don't – I mean, for not a lot of space, they don't have a ton of needs either. And I like the young weapons that they came up with on offense. So, like, you're you're easily move on from Jordan Reed. And if that is a place for Greg Olson for a year or two, he's not going to be making eight and a half. So – I don't hate where they're at. I, spe- I mean, but it all hinges on Trent Williams coming back. Cause if not, now you got to jump into that free agent market because you're not, because you're taking Chase Younger too. So I don't, then it gets interesting.
2: Yeah. And if, if they trade or cut, I mean, they're not going to cut Trent Williams, but if they trade Trent Williams, they would, they would add, if they forced to do make that decision, they would add another, like I believe $13 million to yeah, the cap,
0: they did.
2: which again, I would rather have Trent Williams, but I, if that situation is completely untenable, which yeah. it looks like it might not be. Now there's a, a new, at least coaching regime, um, involved but that would be that's obviously would be enormous for them and at that point you know we're not really worried about Donald Penn yeah <laughs> I mean he was basically there because Trent Williams wasn't um right
0: but, yeah. I, think, I think the interesting Josh Norman's
1: is- interesting because he can yes. definitely restructure that deal he's going to want to play for Rivera more than likely unless there's something we don't know about uh his old defensive back coach and Wilkes is going to be there I can see him t- restructuring that deal to stay he's he's up in years he's but I He's made a ton of money. I can see him. He's going to get all his money. They can restructure that easily and free up some more space. Then this thing, then this thing on offense gets interesting. Because you're talking about Sheriff stays and Williams is there. The left side of that offensive line is loaded with, and then they got young talent. If Geis does come back healthier than he's been with that knee in the second year off the ACL, I don't hate where they're at either. this this division went from the worst in football to really interesting.
0: I'm excited to see what they do. I, you brought up who I wanted to talk about, and that was Josh Norman. Because of Ron Rivera going there, because of the changing in the guard, Josh Norman, for that money, he had a tough season last year. He took a lot of flack. Now, that team wasn't very good in general, but I think they have to do something there with the restructuring. Otherwise, he better he better play like a Josh Norman that we've seen in prior years because – $12.5 million clearing up the space even though you're taking a $3 million cap hit is probably worth it if he's not going to restructure that deal because, he had, he, man, he had a tough season last year. So do you think it's worth having a conversation? Do you trust somebody like Ron Rivera to try and restructure with cornerback Josh Norman?
1: Yeah, I think that relationship's there. I think it can't be overstated that Steve Wilkes is back to being the secondary coach who was there in Carolina that kind of made him – uh, into the player he was that got the big fridge and deal in the first place. And in that defense, you can be a little older. You're playing zone primarily. He knows all the nuances of it. I think he would be fine with it. He's going to get his money. They can give him a signing bonus. They can you know, move that down the road a couple of years uh, when they get done with some of the Alex Smith stuff to eat, eat some of that up that they don't have to have it now. And if you move on from Jordan Reed, you restructure Norman, all of a sudden you're in the $55 million range. To say it's not Greg Olson, but you could make a run at Hunter Henry and add him to this offense with those young weapons. Uh, if you get Sheriff back, you keep Williams, you got a young, fun offense here with a really solid offensive line with weapons all over the place, depending on how Geis plays. But yeah, I think absolutely the relationship with Ron Rivera going to Josh and saying, look, we're either going to cut you and move on from it, or we can restructure this deal. We'd like to have you around. You fit what we're going to do. And then the relationship with Steve Wilkes, I think, is going to be you know key to that, too. He's still a good player, but he's one of those guys that's so fiery that when things go bad, they go bad. He doesn't I don't think he was given a ton of effort this year. And then he started taking heat from the hometown fans that he was liking. He's been there for a few years. Uh, But I think he could turn that around having that coaching staff. We've talked about ad nauseum how much guys love playing for Ron Rivera. I think he's definitely one of them.
0: Yeah, you're going to see a much different Washington Redskins team, I believe, this year. Jamie, any of these potential targets you have listed down there? There's Anybody specifically you're looking at that you think this team needs to go after? Like Jake said, I think we can all say they're going to move on from Jordan Reed, try and restructure Josh Norman, open themselves up for a little bit more room. And then... Be interesting to see where they land in all this. They obviously have a top pick in the draft as well. What are they going to do here? What are some of the some of these potential targets that you could see them maybe going after?
2: You know, I put them down here, but for me, I really just think it's re-signing your own guys, making sure Trent Williams comes back, and then not doing anything stupid and taking Chase Younger too. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if like I don't think I go out and sign one of these bigger name tight ends. I don't think you're at a, you're at the point right now where that is should be a priority for you. Um, you know, it, it, I know you ideally would want, don't want to go in with Jeremy Sprinkle as your top option, but I, I just don't think, I, I don't know. I just to me, signing a Hunter Henry or an Austin Hooper to what they would command you right now, given where they are in the process, doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, just to me, it's it, Sheriff and Trent Williams are, are the two big keys for me. If, if they can get both those guys in terms of Trent Williams, just get him on board and yep. uh, get him to come back, be able to resign or franchise or whatever, Brandon Sheriff. Those are the two big ones for me. This is just to me about just kind of keeping things in house. They're going to have to get creative with Alex smith deal at some point down the road. I don't know how creative they can get. Uh, I'll have to take a look at what it looks like two, three three plus years from now. But this is just about keeping your own good players and making sure you draft the clear best player in this draft with the number two pick. If we learned anything
1: from the 49ers, it's having enough pass rushers helps and having them fresh is huge. I'd love to see Ryan Kerrigan stay. But if they needed a piece to move, he's interesting trade bait because his at eleven point seven million, there's a lot of teams that would be interested. Ryan Kerrigan has been extremely productive and under the radar for years. Dealt with injuries last year, but eleven point seven million, he's a guy with say some of these teams can't re-sign some of their pass rushers. Seattle could be very much in play there for a trade uh, if they lose Jadavian Clowney, who they can't uh, franchise. So you know that one's. Really interesting. I'd love to see him keep them and, and have a veteran there with Chase Young and have three guys. That defensive line could be monstrous, uh, and you can move him around. But that's an interesting piece that they also could get creative with to play with and get something back in return.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's this division overall, um, there's a lot to take away from kind of where I thought they were going into the process, and now that we've had these conversations where – where they where they actually have room, what are some of the realistic things that they could do, uh, and, and where where everything is going to shake out depending on where they are in the draft? I don't think the I don't think there's too much to overthink here for the Washington Redskins. I think you go get your guy too, and then you move along. and And if there's anybody I trust, I think this is kind of the regime. I know what Dan Snyder's how his reputation is in the NFL, and it's deserved. Um, but Ron but he didn't mind spending money. Yeah, that's exactly right and, and the the other part of that is I think Ron Rivera might be the right guy to deal with Snyder and to deal with the 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 type of attitude and reputation that he has, and hopefully he trusts Ron Rivera to do his job and I think that and Bruce Ron- Allen's
1: not there also to be in between yes. the two
0: yes, and i think I think Ron probably negotiated when he was sitting down like hey i he could have had any job he wanted. Right? And I think this was probably a bargaining chip. Like I, I need to be able to have control here. And I think we'll find out how much control he really has, and it won't take very long to figure that out. Uh, any parting thoughts here on today's podcast? Jamie, I'll let you go first. Uh,
2: just to me, this, this division is extremely interesting, where you know we talked about how the Cowboys still, even with their number of free agents, they should be able to sign – still the best team in this division on paper Yeah. whether or not they that can translate into more success on the field next season, where the Eagles are a, a team that I have some concerns about still. Like I'm not at the quarterback position, but not at the playmakers on offense necessarily uh, at the top there with Sean Jackson, Sean Jeffrey, Miles Sanders, but on the defensive side of the ball where I think they're going to face an uphill battle. And they really, if they get any, even if they get half as hurt as they were last year, it's going to be a problem. The Giants have kind of fixed their cap situation pretty quickly here. They have a pretty young team. Uh, they don't have a lot of holes that they have to. They don't have a lot of holes in terms of guys that are going to be leaving their team, but they have some other holes they have to fill. And they're a team that I know we spent a lot of time talking about the number three pick as being an interesting trade thing. But I think we work through why the number four pick could get interesting, especially if the Lions. Let's say that. Let's say the 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 quote unquote unthinkable happens. The Lions just stay there and take Okuda. Then, how valuable is that fourth pick for you for all teams that are trading up for whatever QB2 is going to be? Yeah, uh, so that gets really interesting. And then the Redskins are you know, uh, that team is interesting. Like, I don't think they're going to make a ton of noise next year, but I don't think they're a bad football team as no. currently constructed, assuming Williams comes back, assuming they resign Sheriff. They have some cap issues because of Alex Smith's deal and because of the injury and that horrific injury he suffered, but. We started to see a little bit of progression from Dwayne Haskins at the end of last season. Let's, yep. hope, let's see if that carries over. Yep. Uh, if that carries over with a full season as the starter in training camp, Ron Rivera being there, let's see how that works. If that carries over, McLaren's a stud. We started to look guys like Steven Sims and Kelvin Harmon that it looked yeah. really good there. If they get, Trent, uh, they get a franchise left tackle back that they didn't have last year, all of a sudden – that might only be a 6-win team, but not a team you want to play. Not yeah. a team that's a pushover. So, this division's actually really interesting. Like, I don't think there are I don't think any of these teams are picking in the top 3 next year.
1: No, and I'll tell you one thing, they're going to play their asses off for Ron Rivera, and that defense is going to overachieve. Period yeah. end of story. They always do. Uh they're going to rush the passer, they're going to hit the quarterback. And the, the young quarterbacks going to make mistakes, but they have weapons. That team is really interesting. I think if they are they're smart over the next couple of years while they're building this thing, They can move on from some of that cap space and set themselves up for the next couple years. They could flip-flop the top of this division. i tell you what, my other thing, I'm so glad free agency happens before the draft. I'm going to say that again. A lot of of these guys aren't going to hit the market because a lot of these teams that we're talking about are trying to re-sign their own guys before they do, and they can be talking to them now. They can get that done before the tampering period starts. That makes it all really interesting as well. Jerry Jones takes a lot of heat for being the general manager. The Cowboys are in pretty damn good shape. Yep. I mean, they got to sign Dak, but he drafted the dude in the fourth round. He's played his tail off. He's won a ton of games. It's a good position to be in. But to have that kind of space with that kind of talent already on the field with a full draft, I love where the Cowboys are at. I think they are head and shoulders uh, on paper the best team in this division. I like what they did with the coaching staff moving on. But Jerry takes a lot of heat. This damn team's in pretty good shape. I I like where they're at. I really do.
0: Yeah. I my parting thoughts here are after really taking a deep dive into this, I have a lot of, I have a lot of concerns for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I think the, reason, the reasoning for me here is everything Jake just said about how the Dallas Cowboys are in a much better position, and I have a lot of faith in Mike McCarthy. I, let me just, I have a lot of faith in what he's going to be able to do with that team. But the other part of this is the Eagles, as many injuries as they had last year and the issues that they had, this division was not very good last year. Okay. The Giants and the Washington Redskins were not good football teams last year for most of the season. That's not, I don't believe that to be the case going into this year, where now all of a sudden your division is a lot more competitive, Philadelphia, and you're not going to chalk up four wins in the division very easily. I I think this is going to be really tough for Philly because I, the more I think about how much faith I have in Ron Rivera and the progression that I saw at the end of the season and really looking into, what Philadelphia looks like. I, I can't wait to get to post the draft with this division and look at what these rosters look like and really dive into how do we think this division shakes out? Because I, I agree. I,
1: I agree. I think, I think, see, we can see the Cowboys at 12 wins. I think Philly's sputtering at 8 and 8 again. Yeah. And I think, I think the Giants and the Redskins both could be in that 6, 7, right 8 there. win range depending on you know, how hot these young quarterbacks get in play and how healthy they stay. The but I don't, I don't think Philly's marginally better than the other two.
2: Well, I think the main concern I have for Philly too is they're the least likely team to progress. Like yes. Dallas Cowboys can progress just by even if they came back with the exact same roster, they would be better next year. We would assume with the coaching yeah. change, with just the talent on paper, should be better. We're going to see in both in Washington and the Giants likely getting two top five picks added to those teams. Yep, we're going to see the second year of Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins in the first year of both of them getting the full training camp as the undisputed starter. Yep. Uh, and seeing that, their difference. progression. Big difference. You've got, two, you know, it, it's it's going to be really, really interesting. You have two new coaches in that division as well. Three new coaches in that division as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's – my concern with Philly is I, I'll Philly will have a better record than the Giants and the Redskins next year. But I also think that they're the one – they're in the biggest trouble of I don't think they're going, I don't think they take a step forward next year.
1: Yeah. No, I was say, I think they're still sputtering right where they were this year, dealing with injuries and dealing with deficiencies.
0: And we'll get into, we'll get into when we, when we recap these teams and, and we would look back and we look again at this division, three of the four new coaches, right? Different, different schemes, what that means, how that's, how it's going to look, how that's going to be different. A lot of change in this division. And I don't think that's gonna be a good thing for Philadelphia. All right, Jamie, what, uh, how can everybody follow you on social media? You
2: follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter.
0: Jake?
1: Jake B. Arians on Twitter.
0: And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, the mock draft that Jamie was referencing, you can go check that out if you go to thedraftnetwork.com. It's in one of the header positions. You can click on it, see what Jordan Reed did, who he has mocked. It is that season. Check out what, what and who we are mocking uh, in the latest mock draft on thedraftnetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Paige Demakos from TDN Fantasy wanted to give a quick shout-out to Draft Network's amazing sponsor, Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light put on an epic tailgate at the Senior Bowl. It was the first ever TDN tailgate I hope everybody that got to got to come and, and join us got t-shirts and got to try all the Bud Light seltzer flavors because man, we had a hell of a time. My personal favorite is the black cherry flavor, but I love lemon, lime, mango, and strawberry as well. Definitely, definitely recommend trying out all these flavors. And for me, In Scottsdale, it's almost always pool season, so you already know I'm drinking seltzer by the pool. Sorry for all those of you who don't have that opportunity, but I think everybody should try out some Bud Light Seltzer.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the
1: show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.